0: Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Peter R. Montoya about power, influence, and leadership, the ability to achieve intended results with others. We focus on leadership development, modeling, coaching, and mentoring within organizations. Peter Montoya, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Thank you, Jonathan. I'm thrilled to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to have a chat with you today. We're going to be exploring leadership. And I mean, there's so many different facets of leadership that we can talk about. But I know you you do a lot with transformational leadership in your own work. We're going to talk about um, different types of leadership, power and leadership, and some of these kind of interrelated issues. Before we get started, I wanted to read Peter's bio for all the listeners. Um, Most speakers who teach have not done it for themselves, and most entrepreneurs don't know how to speak. Peter Montoya is the rare exception. He's a thought leader who has also accomplished big things. Peter bootstrapped a successful software company from an idea in 2008 to a multi million dollar exit in 2018 without capital, investors, or partners. Peter knows how to inspire people by tapping into their unique purposes. Peter is a truly fascinating and multifaceted guy with decades of experience in speaking to audiences about his business knowledge, inspiring journey, and human behavioral insights. Though Peter struggled through school with undiagnosed ADHD, he was admitted to and graduated from the University of California, Irvine in political science. Post-college, he became a traveling speaker and salesman, chalking up over 3,000 presentations and living in over 22 major cities. Peter went on to found a successful advertising agency and software platform dedicated to financial service professionals. He quickly became the industry guru, writing numerous books, including one of his best-selling works, The Brand Called You, The Personal Branding Phenomenon, and his newest book, Leadership Power. He now pursues his passion for humanity and the planet. He sincerely believes that all people and organizations have a special role in perpetuating the survival of our species. Uh, our civilization, and our planet. He speaks thoughtfully and passionately about the need for transformational leadership in today's world. Uh, I, I just love your background, Peter. I love you know, everything that you've done uh, to lead you to this point where um, you get, have the opportunity to, to touch the lives of so many people and to benefit so many people. So thanks for taking the time and coming on the podcast with me today.
1: Thank you, Jonathan. Thrilled to be here.
0: Before we dive on into the discussion, is there anything else you would like to share with the listeners by way of personal background, um, personal context, career uh, background and such?
1: Yeah, I also have uh, ADHD, which is sometimes a hindrance and other times a uh, superpower. I had a really, really hard time through school. Uh, I barely graduated uh, high school, let alone college. Um, And what I learned once I got in my professional world is that uh, ADHD Um, It's a superpower um, in that, you know, everyone thinks ADHD means you have no attention span. No, it's either have all attention span or no attention span. And once I got into uh, working, I realized that I had a very, very clear reward for my efforts. You know, I I work and make money and propel myself forward. Versus when I was in school, I was learning things ethereally and I didn't know how they applied always. Now I know, but then I didn't know. Um, And so I learned I could work, you know, 12 hours a day, put my head down. I get a lot of things done. So it's been a a great, uh, both a curse and a blessing <laughs> as I've been growing older.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, lots of people try to find ways to enhance their attention. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like you said, that's one of the challenges with ADHD is, is it's kind of a flip the switch um, kind of a thing. You, you're super focused at times. And then at other times, maybe it's, it's a bit more difficult, but um but yeah, I mean, I I think that's that's awesome that you're able to leverage, you know, the strengths side of um, that condition uh, and work your way through and persevere through, you know, challenging, you know, schooling, uh, higher education, kind of those more traditional forms of um, systematic learning. You know, that's not for everybody, and uh, you know, persevering through that despite the condition and and then moving on to great success. That's that's wonderful. Well, as we get started. Um, I really thought we could start off with a discussion about leadership generally, um, and I think the most important question to ask here is is why why um, why do we even pay attention to this idea of leadership? what's the difference between management and leadership? How does power connect to leadership uh, but ultimately, why uh, do we even spend so much time talking about this thing called leadership that? you know, often is quite, uh, elusive, uh, for so many people.
1: Great question. So let me uh, actually start by asking you a question, Jonathan, uh, based on our current trajectory, will humanity and civil- human civilization be better or worse off in 50 years based on our current trajectory? Will humanity be better or worse off in 50 years?
0: Well, I mean, given this moment today, um, you know, I, I, I fear a dystopian future, <laughs> uh, but I, I hope I have hopes I have hopes that we 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 can um, right the ship and we can start moving in a more healthy direction for for societies for the planet you know
1: all of that. And, and that's where I sit, too. So uh, I'm an optimist, and so I have hope that we can turn things around. But based on our current trajectory, I see, uh, I, I see the fall, the collapse of both our species and uh, definitely of civilization. And so, you know, I think responsibility first and foremost is about a, a responsibility to make sure that we're leaving things better off than how we found them. And the whole notion that I would leave the planet in 30 or 40 years uh, to my kids and my grandkids in worse state than I found it, not only the planet the ecosystem but also civilization in the worst state than I found it is absolutely uh, impalatable. That makes me uh, absolutely gag. So you know leadership, first and foremost is about solving problems. There are a lot of different definitions for leadership, and most you know definitions I've seen kind of center around cooperation and collaboration, which is all true. But when you boil it down to me, my definition of leadership is the ability to achieve intended results. That's what it boils down to, the ability to achieve intended results. And it's virtually impossible to do anything of meaning uh, without the cooperation of others. So cooperation, I think, is built into that definition. Um, and so I think that we, you know, I've got a responsibility to further our species in knowledge and understanding of our universe, which be in a state of awe at every moment uh, and also making sure that our planet is better than how we found it
0: yeah i like that definition and you know just kind of putting my own value values lens on top of what you just said i i would just add that i think it's also getting things done but doing it without exploiting um the environment, the, without in, in exploiting people, without exploiting customers, without exploiting the environment, and all those things around you. Because we all know that you can get things done with carrots and sticks. And, and you, there are levers um, by which to, to help you know, an organization find financial success that will, at the same time, undermine their surrounding environment, exploit customers, exploit their, the employees. And that's something I'm so concerned about, and and I want. I, I don't think that's true leadership, though. I, I think mm-hmm. um, I think true leadership is focused on um, the well-being of everyone connected with your sphere of influence. Um, mm. h- how does that strike you?
1: Oh yeah, there's so many different threads that I want to pull on in what you just said there because I agree with so much of it. So I think where I'll start is this. Uh, so. In business, as I was growing up, was more or less profit at any cost. That's more or less the environment in which I was raised in. I was uh, you know, born in the 68 and going through the 70s and 80s. It was the whole idea of greed is good, making money at all costs. And what businesses have now realized is there are what's called externalities, which means they may make money, but somebody else is oftentimes paying a price for their profit. And so uh, business leaders are becoming much more socially conscious of the cost that the people are paying, and, and they should, either the environment and or labor forces or communities. And it's not okay anymore to make money at the expense of somebody else.
0: Yeah, I think that's right. At the expense of somebody else, at the expense of our planet. Um and, and so I've I've loved to see I, I have I've loved watching the shift. Uh, I'm Probably, I don't know how old you are, but I'm probably a little bit younger than you, um, but I, uh, I have seen just over the last 20 years a pretty dramatic shift towards more focus on co- uh, corporate social responsibility, the triple bottom line, uh, some of those types of issues. Um, now, in some organizations, it's still kind of a name only. It's just a PR um, spin. Um, they may not be all that you know, genuinely committed to it. But I do think that we, the pendulum has swung quite a bit um, towards more socially and, and environmentally responsible businesses. Uh, there's still a lot of room you know, to, to grow and, and to get better, but it's, it's way better now than it was 20 years ago, in my opinion. Um, so I'd love to see that shift, and I would love to see more and more organizations leverage their capacity to make an influence in the world uh, in positive ways. You know, I think of of millennial workers and I think of Gen Z um, individuals who are just kind of getting into the workforce now. And a lot of research has shown how much passion they have for making a difference in the world and and how how much they want to, um, they they feel strongly about these issues we just raised. You know, they they, uh, feel strongly about social justice issues, about environmental justice issues. They want to have a a higher driving purpose. They want to make a difference. They want to contribute. Um, What a great time for organizations to leverage, you know, this uh, corporate social responsibility strategy kind of an approach, um, which will help them in terms of PR. It definitely will help them um, because consumers increasingly want to shop from organizations that are socially and, and environmentally responsible. It'll help them attract and retain good talent because younger employees want to work for those types of organizations. Uh, and ultimately, you know, it's kind of a win, win, win. So even, even if it's really a greed driven, you know, motive and intention, it's still a win, win for everyone. And ultimately it can help us, you know, start to tackle some of the more perplexing challenges and, and difficulties that we're facing. So I hope we continue to see the pendulum swing that way. Um, but that's happening at the same time that we have really interesting geopolitical dynamics and unrest and, you know, all of this layered over the top of it. And so, you know, I, on the one hand, I'm super optimistic on the other hand, you know, I really, really worry for my kids. And like you said, for my kids, my grandkids and just the future. Um, and, and so I agree. I think, I think leadership uh, is so vital in all of this that if we want to, if if we want to do anything meaningful in this life, we need to learn how to lead, whether that's in the home, whether that's you know just in our neighborhood, our community, in the workplace, whatever we we need to to um, harness you know that capacity within us and then you know leverage it and and build upon it so that we have the opportunity to to enhance the lives of those around us. Um, cooperate and, and accomplish more and ultimately, you know, make the world a better place.
1: Uh, agreed. So one of the questions I oftentimes ask uh, anybody is, um, are you a leader? You know, either yes or no. And a, a very small handful will come out and assert yes right away. And about 90% of people will go, um, no, no, not really. So here are the three domains of leadership. Uh, the third domain of leadership is the mo- domain that most people associate with leadership, and that's being a leader of an organization, a company, uh, a government, uh, you know, some kind of movement up there, out there. We kind of associate leadership with somebody who is orating on a platform. They're up on a platform, and they're or- orating in front of hundreds of thousands of people, and that is one form of leadership. Second form of leadership, or second domain of leadership, I should say, is of friends and family. Whether you know it or not, you are an influence, and you are leading them in either a positive or negative way. What my wife always teaches our kids is to be a better influence on others and um, be a better influence on your friends than they are on you. That means you are a positive leader of both of friends and family. And the first and most important domain of leadership is leadership of self. Now, here's the deal. As you remember from my definition of leadership, which is the ability to achieve and plan results, the best way to gauge leadership is by results. Uh, results are often harsh, but they are always fair. So very simple. If you want to grade your leadership, you basically go, it's a subjective measure. You know, how, how am I doing? You know, where am I in my life as opposed to where I would like to be? And I'm not only talking about finances. That's you know, a very Western view to look at our, our bank account and our house and our job. Yes, that's one factor. But more importantly, I'm looking at your uh, level of fulfillment, contentment, your, your relationship quality with your primary spouse or partner, your relationship with your kids, your brothers and sisters and your family. Uh, we're looking at you know, how you're living you know how your physical health is and your contribution to the world. Uh, How is your life compared right now, where it is versus where you want to be? You might grade it. You know, A is exceeding what you hoped. B, you're on track with where you hope. C, you're a little bit below, or maybe you're an F and you're a dumpster fire, completely off where you hope to be. Uh, And that grade, how you would grade your life, is also your leadership grade. So leadership is not just for organizational leaders. It's not just a construct for people standing on a platform or political leaders. It is for everyday people. Uh, leadership is one of the best plat- one of the best constructs for us to actually make our lives and the lives of others better. Yeah, I
0: completely agree. And uh, another way of framing it, um, kind of a subset of leadership, I think, is change leadership. Um, and so I talk a lot with organizations and with my students at the university about being a change agent. Um, now, some people are in informal roles where they have the opportunity to be more formal change agents. Sometimes a a consultant, either internally or an external consultant, will come into an organization with the intended role to be a change agent, you know, by carrying out consulting work with that organization. But we all can be change agents, just like we can all be leaders, right? And so if we want to lead change, if we want to enhance the workplace, we want to enhance our, our communities, we want to um, clean up the environment. Whatever we all have to lead change, and we—that's a—that's something we all can do. We don't have to be a CEO. We don't have to be a VP. We don't have to be a director or anything. Um, it's about um, our own intention, intentionality and our own commitment and passion towards whatever that issue is. You know, whatever the change we're seeking is, whatever um, type of action we're trying to lead towards, right? um and so i i love that and i think everyone should really try to to have that mindset um and and it might be very micro it might be starting just with us but it it very quickly can be with your families it can be with your your communities and it can be in the workplace even if you don't have a title even if you're just one of 5 10 people on a team you still have the opportunity to lead to influence uh and to persuade and exert power um and influence. So I hope everyone can really capture the vision of, of what we mean uh, by leadership in, in that way. Um, what, what is the difference to you uh, between leadership and management? Oh, that's a, that's something that gets talked about quite a bit. Um, but I still, a lot of times when I hear thought leaders and I hear um, different talking heads, you know, discussing the topic, I, I don't feel like they're quite getting it, um, you know, in terms of and, and they, they kind of they they use the terms interchangeably. And I, I don't think they really are.
1: No. So I'm going to throw my uh, definition out for you, Jonathan. You are far wiser than I am. So don't, don't uh, be bashful about pushing back or disagreeing with me. Uh, I think that uh, all of management is part of leadership. It's a small part of leadership. But if you look at kind of concentric circles, uh, management is all fully contained as, as a circle inside of this bigger body of what a leadership is. And management to me is teaching people what to do. I mean, you have business systems and processes and it's very important as you're bringing new people on that you teach them the systems as they are. But leadership on the on the other hand is teaching people how to think. That means to empower them to actually exceed (laughs) whatever they actually have been taught, to improve systems, to own problems, and have their own agency to actually solve things without waiting for someone else to tell them what to do. So the whole idea for me is I really believe uh, we instill leadership development cultures into businesses, uh, and our premise is this, is everyone in the organization is in leadership development. That means the top of the C-level chart Uh, Down to any hourly worker, everyone is in leadership development, learning how to become leaders so that they are actually, when they are encountering problems, rather than going up the chain to get solutions to the problem, they actually have their own authority, you know, band of authority, what they can and cannot do. They have access to resources, and they think through problems and solve them on their own. There was a great book by Michael Gerber uh, back in the 2000s or 1990s. He more or less said, you know, don't work um, in your business, work on your business, which was a great premise. Uh, But our premise is the following is we don't want you only working on your business. We want everyone working on the business. So you're not getting incremental growth out of the business. You are getting exponential growth in the business. because You not only have one change agent in the business, you have 100 change agents in the business. So, uh, Jonathan, how does my very simplified definition of management is teaching people what to do and leadership is teaching people to think. How does that uh, resonate with you? Well, I I really
0: like that. I I think leaders need to be able to see the big picture. They need to be able to think strategically um, and it goes beyond the tactical um, activities that have to happen. So often, you know, usually when we're talking about management, we're talking about those, those actions, behaviors, the tactical stuff that has to occur where they uh, hopefully, they understand and they buy into the strategy that's laid out from the formal leader, uh, but then they put it into action, right? Um, one of the things that I think is interesting, it struck me as, as you were talking, is that so many times when we're talking about leadership and leadership styles, you know, people will bring up micromanagement. Um, and the very term micromanagement refers to management, right? And it's not leadership, it's management. And mm-hmm. by definition, if you are micromanaging someone, you're not leading them at all, right? Because you're just you're kind of standing over them, trying to watch them like a hawk. And, and it's all to do. And it's and telling them what to do. And it's all that tactical stuff. It's all that. It's all the very specific nitty gritty stuff, of just doing the work. And that's not what leadership is. Um, you know, leaders, good leaders can and should be willing when necessary to roll up their sleeves, work alongside their people, you know, be willing to do some of the, that work that maybe they did earlier in their career um, and, and, and do that, you know, but, but on a daily basis, no, that's not their job. Their job Mm -hmm. is, is the big picture stuff and the vision stuff, and then generating the buy-in from everyone that is part of their team so that they can move things forward. I think actually, I'm going
1: to push back on that one. I used to think that too. So I used to think the primary job of a leader uh, was that a vision strategy, um, thinking, like we were just talking about, uh, and then dictating. And that's what I thought leadership was. And what I've actually discovered now for me, I think the primary job of a leader is leadership development. That's how they should be spending the bulk of their time is actually coaching, mentoring, training and getting people to think like leaders. My whole goal as a leader is to make leaders who are better than me. That's,
0: that's right. That's yeah. my
1: goal now as a leader. And yes, do I do vision and strategy and get by it? Absolutely. But I really think the best synonym for, for leader today is probably coach. That's probably the best. Yeah. synonym.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with that. I, I think coaching and mentoring is essential. I'm a big adherent to servant leadership philosophy. And I, and I, I believe, um, that ultimately the true, the mark of a true leader is, is exactly what you just said. Um, preparing those that I work with maximizing their, helping them see their potential, help them to maximize that potential, help them to grow in their capacities and capabilities so that they can surpass my, uh, my skill level, my, my abilities. Right. Um, and so it's all about coaching. It's all about mentoring and it doesn't need to be like formal Sometimes when I hear people say leadership development, I'm thinking of like these formalized leadership development programs. Uh, It can include that, but there's a lot of the informal stuff too. And it can be, it doesn't need to be formal mentoring either. It can be informal mentoring, coaching. It's about creating a culture. You said this a few minutes ago. It's about creating a a culture around development, a, a, a culture of coaching, a culture of mentoring where everyone feels the responsibility and the opportunity to help each other all the time and to coach each other. And that's the primary role of the leader is to set that dynamic, right? To set that culture. Um, and I think one of the best ways to create buy-in to your vision, to your strategy is exactly by doing that, by by helping to develop the capacities of others to help them to see in themselves what they can accomplish. You're naturally, and as you help people grow, they're naturally going to, um, start to follow you, um, uh, because you're the one, uh, h- helping them to achieve. Modeling. You're modeling it. Exactly. Exactly.
1: Um, so yeah, I think you're absolutely right. The leader's job is more, more about culture these days. So, you know, for my, much of my last 30 years, um, when I oversaw a business, uh, wanting leadership training, leadership was always kind of this bolt on, like, hey, let's, you know, get the training department or human resources to go bring in some leadership development. And they'll kind of bring in the stuff that's kind of a bolt-on. And what it really is true now is the top leaders in an organization, this is their job. Their job is to model good leadership, uh, spend time coaching one-on-one, and actually leading trainings, creating this culture of leadership on a regular basis where everyone is perpetually looking at themselves. So some of the tools that we put in place uh, to kind of create that culture – of, you know, very candid conversations uh, is one we put in a modeling program, a mentoring program. So your first three years, you're definitely being mentored by somebody. And once you're about three years in, you are mentoring somebody else. So everyone's being mentored and mentoring somebody else after a certain point. We also put in what's called the feedback agreement. And the feedback agreement is where anyone in the organization can give anyone else in the organization candid, kind And specific feedback on what they're experiencing. Uh, Feedback is the growth, uh, oxygen. I'm sorry, feedback is the oxygen of growth. And when you're cutting off feedback, you're cutting off one of the most vital aspects for the growth of any organization. What happens so oftentimes in organizations and marriages, we reach a conversational stalemate where we feel like we're walking on eggshells and we can't share what's going on. And this is absolute poison uh, for any relationship. That's an, another piece we put in. We also put in the candid conversation model, uh, where less would teach people how to have hard conversations about difficult topics, uh, and we teach people the three Cs. I'll give you the three Cs, Jonathan. You might get a kick out of this. Yeah, especially when you're talking about difficult conversations, hard conversations, you want to make sure that you are embodying the following three Cs. Uh, the first one is confidence. Uh, which means that you're not overly excited. Uh, you're just're you're very, very plain and matter of fact in your presentation. Number two, you are calm. Oftentimes when we're talking about hot topics, we want to speak faster or louder. Um, and we have you know more physical energy behind it. We want to be very, very calm. And third, we want to be kind. The Third C is kind. Uh, and were very, we want nice people uh, to We want to actually let them say face versus try to pound them in the ground with how wrong they might be. Um, So those are some of the tools we put in place to create an environment or a culture where we're dealing with facts um, and not making people wrong. So people can actually be partners and bringing their most innovative selves to solving problems versus putting people on the outside.
0: I love that. I love that. Um, Peter, this has been a really great discussion. We're about out of time. Um, Before we part ways, though, I I do want to give you a chance to have the last word and to share with the listeners. How they can find out more about you and your business and get connected with you.
1: Great. So uh, you know, I before I was in leadership development, I wrote the one of the very first books on personal branding called The Brand Called You. So I still follow personal branding uh, principles. And you can find me simply enough at petermontoya.com. I have a consulting program called the High Performance Organization, in which we actually put in a leadership development culture into businesses uh, from the top down. So, everyone is learning leadership development skills. We're able to have candid conversations around reality and solve problems that move businesses forward on a regular basis. We like to see businesses grow um, by tapping into the natural passions and purposes of people and see business growth in 25% north every single year. Awesome, awesome.
0: Well, Peter, it has been a true pleasure talking with you. I really encourage listeners to reach out to Peter, get connected on LinkedIn, find out more about him and his business, reach out if you need help, um, you know, in terms of the uh, developing uh, leadership development culture within your organization. And to everyone out there, I hope you stay healthy and safe. I hope everyone finds meaning and purpose and passion at work each and every day. And I hope everyone has a great week. Thank you. We look forward to having you join us. USA Scientific works side-by-side with you to provide high-performance tools for your next discovery. Get your free sample today at usascientific.com slash mastertools.